Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jerry Jacobus, and I'm here with Joel on this lovely rainy day. Rainy, but warm. Warmer. Yeah. 45. I, I'm enjoying it. 45, you that's half it? a 90. Do you like cold weather? Are you a cold weather guy? Um, I like cold. I don't like rain. Yeah. I don't. I, I really don't like it. Do you it. mind snow? Mm-mm. I like snow. Yeah. Did like you guys was, go like uh, sledding or anything? Well, the one day that it that they could sled, my oldest son went with a friend. Oh, uh, so he was out of the, yeah. the group. And then our our little ones have been battling <sighs> battling little colds. I st- we have one that's still at home right now. Oh, uh, so just so wasn't like this right past time. week was just not. We'll get another big snow here. I hope so. I don't. I I cannot stand the the. I hate the wet. Yeah, I feel you, especially when it's like slushy. And oh, wet. it just dirty. It, it makes the whole house dirty. Yeah, you feel like you can't be outside because you just have stuff. I don't like it. And with dogs, it's probably even oh, worse. Dogs than, make it horrible. Yeah, I had to wash. We have a black lab and a yellow lab, so I had to. I had to wash. The yellow lab last night just because of the yard. Yeah, gets she, way yeah, too he dirty. Was, he was nasty. So every time it snows a lot here, it makes me want to go up to Michigan and go snowmobiling. It does? Yeah. I've never been. I've just seen a lot of videos of people snowmobiling, yeah. and it looks well, amazing. You know, Carmen, her family has a place up there, and they have snowmobiles, I think. Do they really? I think so. And they're not up there every weekend? Well, they're up there during the summer. Oh, geez, they're missing on out. On a lake. I think they go up there in the winter. Yeah. And they've got, they're on a relatively small lake. And I think, I honestly think like it. it's a weird lake in that the depth of it at the deepest spot is like 20 feet. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And I think more people shallow. just rip across that thing like all winter long That's on cool. snowmobiles. Well, uh, Mark Malin, if you're listening, you know, throw out an invite here and there. I'll tell let's him go, you, I'll tell him you want to come up. Well, let's get into the recap. Let's do it. So Joel started off with the analogy that how we see reality is similar to looking through a Coke bottle. We see bits and pieces of the reality that God created but we won't be able to fully understand reality until the day that God removes the haze from our eyes and we can see him for who he really is. We went on to explain that God gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. And that when we are humble, we are capable of growing, but pride says that we don't have any more need for growth. Joel went into the concept that we all live according to a belief system that was founded in our past. And that belief system isn't adequate for how we need to live today that we need to evaluate our current situation and commit to a life of growth. We touched on the idea that there's a misnomer about the Christian life and that it's defined by life of prohibition, not doing the things that we aren't supposed to do, but that the Christian life is way more than just not doing bad things. It's a life of pursuing growth in the direction that God has designed for us. When we're able to see ourselves as people of progress, it allows us to view others as people of progress. And when we see others as people of progress, we're able to have real and meaningful relationships with them. So I have a uh, I have a hot take, but it might not be a hot take. So you can tell me if it's Let's hot go. take or Let's not. Let's hear it. How hot is it? 
to me, it seems like all of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all begin with a foundation of humility. Sure. Or, or when they are all full, when they are exhibited, they are manifestations of humility. So I would say that you don't start with humility. You become gentle and patient and kind, and therefore you are a humble being because your those particular attributes are kind of the thing that that it, you've transformed into and they represent an accurate sense of where you fit in God's world. Okay. And your role. So does pride stifle you from fully attaining those attributes? Yes. Yeah. Pride is the antithesis of those attributes. Pride is, instead of gentle, it's forceful. Yeah. Because it it doesn't have the appropriate view of God, people, and me. So when I'm interacting with other people, if I believe that those people fit in the same world that I do under God in submission to God, created in the image of God, then they're my neighbor, and I'm supposed to treat them in a way that is informed by the spirit of God. So it's gentle or patient. And that's, that's humble. That's that by definition is a submission to God. Yeah, that's good. Right. So I'm submitting to God because I'm going to be gentle. I want to, I'm choosing to be gentle. I'm, I'm working out these, these fruits of the spirit. Now, remember, that's one of the things about the fruits of the spirit is the, the spirit doesn't just manifest these things in our lives. He yeah, helps for sure. us. We have to dig. We have to work on being kind. Yeah. And the spirit leads us, guides us. It's kind of like he's the, I, it's almost like, it's not Jesus take the wheel. It's almost like you have the wheel, but now because you're in Christ, the spirit of the living God is riding shotgun with you. Yeah. He's in your car and he's going, let's go this way. But he's not going to make you take a left when he tells you to. You have to do it. You have to see the value in it. You have to listen. So when you're patient, that is a reflection of your understanding of the reality that you're in, that God is supreme and you are living in submission to him and you are taking his direction in your life. That's good uh, clarity. So that's how I would say that. And then you just go down that road love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all those gentleness, self faith, all those things, they continue to just be manifestations of the spirit's guidance in your life. And therefore your submission to God and your, pro your commit to progress and growth. I'm getting better at being gentle. I'm working on being kind. I'm working on my patience and all. And there you are. Yeah. You're just, you're hovering and moving towards a life that is a humble life. Yeah, I find when I pray for things like becoming more patient or more loving, God gives me opportunities sure. yeah. that 
are uncomfortable. Right. You know, it's like, why did I pray for this? But you're like, okay. Yeah, that's like the Morgan Freeman conversation with the girl and Bruce Almighty. If you remember that, he's like, if if you ask for, does God make you patient or does he give you an opportunity to be patient? And it's, it's, I, I alluded to that in one of the, you know, weeks of the, of the series where I said that, uh, the, the, so progression comes through, you know, a proactive belief in growth. And so it takes work. It's, it's a hard process. That's why the Christian can consider trials joy because they go, Oh, I need to grow anyway. Yeah. You know, it's like you're, uh, you have all these plans, right? And um, maybe they're good, maybe they're not. But maybe you're not patient. Maybe you're you're uh, hasty. And then your spouse gets really sick, and you can't do anything you planned on. Yeah. And there you are, and the arrogant person goes. Well, if I'm at the top, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to kick and moan and 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 balk this, but the humble person has a moment. It doesn't mean that they don't grieve the loss yeah, of yeah, the adventure sure. that they wanted, but they they turn their head to a different adventure and they say, "Okay. Well, this is going to take a lot of patience and I am a creature of progress and growth and I need to grow." Yeah. In my patience. And I'm not saying it's that clean, you know, but I think with our eyes wide open, when we understand these basic ideas and then you go, I live in submission to God and God says, love your wife the way Christ loved the church and died for her. So if she's sick suddenly and you need to stay and you need to, you know, change your plans and focus inward instead of outward and onward, like you hoped then now, okay, well, a humble person says, well, this is going to take a lot of patience, so I got room for growth, progress, and I live in submission to God. So God wants me to stay here and serve my wife. That's why I do this. It's forming, it's formed your value system. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Um, I find that it's typically easier to see where others need to grow rather than where you need to grow yourself. Yes. Is it? Is it a possibility to tactfully bring up growth opportunities to others? Or is that like something that they need to come across? Themselves? No, I, I mean, I think that in, in I think that um, advice, you know, information, inspiration, direction, directives, uh, critical feedback, whatever you want to say, that's all about context. It's all about context. It's all about who it is, who you're talking to, yeah. what the relationship is. Because, you know, when when we're when we're seeing a need for someone to grow, then, you know, if we really love them and care about them, we want to try to communicate to them in such a way that it would be effective. And so you need to be able to measure your your level of influence with an individual. You know, if you just if you just scream it, it's probably not going to be yeah. 
For effective. Sure. I mean, even in my relationship with Katie, now, not even about, I mean, feedback is, whole, you know, hey, I want to tell you something that bothers me. But even in lesser conversations, it's, hey, I got a couple of things I need to talk to you about, like logistics, schedule, whatever. Tell me when a good time is. So it's not even just, you know, relationship, like like the actual relationship you're in. It's the timing. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I I do think there are times when you 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 cast those seeds and you share wisdom. Like for example, uh, in my job, right? Like I'm I'm teaching the scriptures and leading a congregation of Christians and and followers and in, interested parties, you know, potential followers. I'm leading them towards the ethic and the morals and the the life of following Christ and what that looks like. So when they come into the building and sit down in a chair in front of me, I'm I'm being invited by yep. them to to share what I think, yeah. right? So so that's a good time to give people advice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're just with some buddies or whatever, you know, and they're not asking for it, you know, then you need to be careful. And then, and I think there are times when you have to go for broke and say, look, I'm really concerned about something. Can I share something with you? Yeah. Whatever. And it's not always going to go well, but I do think that the scriptures are pretty clear that, especially in, in a, in a Christian relationship, again, if you think about this idea of humility, in a Christian relationship, if both parties see themselves, what I was talking about, as people of progress, again, it just takes alignment. Alignment is what makes relationships stay together. So yeah, you're on good. you're on the same page. You 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 know you've defined what it is, all that stuff. You know, when you have like a coach, you know, like I have a a CrossFit coach or whatever. I have a there's teachers at the gym that teach the class. The, the relationship is clear. So if I go like, hey, can you help me with this? Or they come in and they go, hey, you're doing this with your hips at the wrong time, whatever. Then that that fits the agreement. Yeah. And so you do need to understand the nature of your relationship before you just offer feedback to individuals, but Christians should have alignment in this sense that Christians are in, are told to encourage one another. Christians are told to bear one another's burdens. Christians are told to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and and to to use their words to bring grace and and to the hearer and to yeah. build them up and to admonish them. And there, there, there are times. So again, if you're in a Christian relationship where two people are actually trying to follow Christ and that's a big de defining moment. I mean, I don't know. I have friends here, you know, at the church, it's like, we're kind of, there's alignment, you know, Hey, we're on the same page. We're yeah. all trying to do this, but I have some friends that I don't know that I could, necessarily encourage them or give them feedback based on the 
agreement of what the Christian friendship should look like, but simple just trust. And I think that's the yeah. basic basis of it. You trust me, I trust you. Hey, can I share something with you? And 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 I think there are some that I have that with, but I'd have to I'd be really careful, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, because um, usually when conflict like that happens, when there's alignment, it creates more intimacy. Yeah. And so that is one of the the markers for knowing that you are in a healthy relationship. Because if you have conflict and it ruins the relationship, man, the foundation wasn't there. You were unaware of what it was, you know, and yeah. so you weren't on the same page. Because really, when two people are married and there's conflict and it's done well and there's alignment, that creates intimacy. Conflict leads to connection. Yeah. It's the, the point of the conflict is to improve. You know, my life, your life, our lives, where we all go. So uh, I know that's a long answer to, <laughs> to that question, but it, it, it- That's been really good. It's important. It's important to, to understand the context. When someone finds an area in their life that they want to grow in, um, how could they go about implementing change so that they're best set up to succeed? I mean, it just depends, right? Like, um, you know, you have to uh, you have to take inventory of your life. You have to take inventory of, of what you're doing. You have to identify your your fundamental values, and then you have to to measure them and say how's this how's this area how's my health how's my uh, relationship with my spouse how's my relationship with my kids how's my relationship with my job how's my relationship with myself how's my relationship with my family whatever you start going through the most important thing in the world which is your 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 relationships how are they okay well, how could i grow in those right and so um, I think you have to identify and then you do have to make, you have to make some goals. And th this is where you get into the classic leadership stuff, right? Yeah. You have to, uh, um, in order to have success, you, you have to take a step. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you have to identify a goal, but you don't have to, uh, most you don't reach success through a giant leap. You reach success through taking the first step in the direction that you've determined is the right direction. And actually, that's all it takes is yeah. a little step in the right direction that you've defined is a necessary one for growth. And that actually one of the things I'm going to talk about this week is that that alone is it takes an act of humility. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, to, to say, okay, I've got to grow. I want to get up to the top of the mountain. You know, I want my relationship with, you know, my wife or I want my relationship with my, my oldest son to be better. I want my, uh, you know, whatever it is. And um, I've identified that. And sometimes, it, you know, when you look at the goal and you look at where you are, we want to, we want the, you know, the jet pack that yeah. can fly us, you know, how can we get up there in one leap? Yeah. Well, we want and Netflix. We want to be able to just click on it, click on it and go. Yeah. And, and so success isn't from a leap. It's from a step. 
one step at a time. And that takes humility um, because it feels so small. Yeah. But you know it's progress. That's why people of progress have to be comfortable with, with baby steps in the right direction. And then those what happens is those steps, they get more consistent and they get bigger and they become exponential. But th- you have to start off with with uh with one and so um yeah and do you think it it probably depends on the person but do you think it would be helpful for them to have someone that's helping them measure their success or I think, auditing it yes i think that if someone really wants to grow then they have to put their life in front of someone whom they trust and and look for a level of examination and and say okay help me yeah you know i mean so for me in my relationship with katie i would say almost 14 years ago now i was angry about things frustrated and i knew i need to go to see a therapist and i went and did it and it was like i need growth and i put myself i made myself vulnerable and i said hey help me and that's, that's how I started to grow. And I mean, I just, I literally, I play pickleball. I just text another guy this morning. I already have a guy that's helped me a little bit and, and he's helped me a lot, but he, I, I, I'm, I want to, I want to learn more. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, Hey, can I take a couple of lessons from this guy that gives lessons? And he's like, sure. So it, it's, um, you, you gotta put yourself in front of someone who it represents, uh, either, health that you want that they have or or a life that they yeah you know want that you have so how do you determine who that that is can it's, can it be it's based on what you it's can based it, on what your goals are okay so what, what are your goals and then you got to go find someone who's further down the road um you know they they you know so one of the ways i i talk about gaining wisdom is like every person in their life you should have I think I talked about this in a relationship series, but you know, when you're talking about your marriage, you should have you should have a wise sage, you should have someone at the next stage, and you have should have someone the same age or the other way around, same age, next stage, wise sage. And it doesn't have oh, to be really it doesn't have to be formal, all of it, but like, you know, when you're talking about marriage, I've got a wise sage. You know, I've got um one or two people in my life who've been married for a really long time. Yeah. And then a, therapist who understands you know marital relationships from an emotional mental health perspective um, more than anyone i know and then then couples that are peers yeah right so you can match you can learn and listen and 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 figure out what what they're doing and then you look up a little ways and then you go, what, what's the next 10 years? And then you have someone else at the wise sage level. And that could be a pastor. That could be a therapist. That could be a, a grandpa or, or a parent maybe um, in that relationship. But it could be, that can be in anything. You know, you could have the Zen master and then you could have the, the, um, the person who, is at a couple levels above you. And then you have people like if you, I mean, it's simple pickleball. I want to get better at pickleball. Okay. Then go get the guru 
trainer, that's your wise sage, go get some friends who are better than you yeah. and play with them and get your butt kicked and then get some friends that are the same as you yeah. and spar, you know, and that's how you grow. Um, but look, the thing is, is it's easy to define those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you want, it's like, oh, you want to grow? The biggest thing is, do you want to grow? That's the biggest thing. How do you get someone to be humble enough to go, I need to grow. Yeah. I want to grow. And then do the things that are necessary for growth, which are acts of humility. Yeah. When someone doesn't want to grow, they won't. And most people, oh man, don't think they need it. Yeah. They don't Some think they need it. Some people want to, but they're not willing to. Yeah. They, yeah. And, and they want to, but maybe, yeah, maybe the same different way of saying what you just said that they want to grow, but they are too prideful. Oh, yeah. To submit themselves to someone who will expose their weaknesses. Yeah. And unfortunately, the only way to grow is to expose your vulnerabilities to someone who can help you. Yeah. And that's that's the idea of knowing you need to grow. I mean, if you're sick and you, you know, have a problem, if you don't, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like if you have like some weird shoulder issue and you won't take your shirt off in front of the doctor and say, look at this, you're not going to get any help. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not going to, if you're not going to get the scan or whatever and, and have your, your, your shoulder examined, you're not going to get the help that you need. So that is, it's humbling. You know, it, it shows you your need for growth and see, that's where there's arrogance. Like if someone, if you, if you show up to life knowing I need to grow, just, I know, I know there's room for progress. Now I'm going to figure out what they are. Yeah. I already know three up the top of my head. I need to grow in this, this, and this. And then when something comes along, you know, and you get hurt, or you whatever, and you go, yeah, well, there it is. I mean, there's another another yeah, area for growth. List. I got to figure that one out, and I'm going to take the steps. Yeah. I met. I was with someone recently who has has a health problem, and uh, it's an obvious one. It changes the way they walk and all this stuff. And me and a friend were like you need to get that looked at, man. Like you need to go to the doctor and the guy, honestly, like I was, I was a little disappointed. He exhibited arrogance. No. Wow. It's like, ah, it's fine. I don't need it. I don't need help. All I'm fine. And I'm just sitting there like, bro, if you don't go get that worked on, that's going to work on you. You're done. Yeah. Like that's not get getting point better. Where you can. Yeah. So, um, that's the idea of, 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 of knowing you're, you're a creature of progress and growth. That's good. What would you say to someone that has been so hurt by someone else that they can't even begin to think about forgiveness? Oh, man. You're switching gears? Yeah. Well, I got I to touch all bases. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about how forgiveness becomes easier when you 
view people through the lens of reality, which is yeah. everyone is a creature of progress. Yeah. Um, when somebody when somebody can't forgive somebody, I would say a couple of things. I would say that they really need to process their grief. They need to articulate their pain, write it down. Why are they hurt? What hurt them? A lot of times when someone can't forgive, it's just such a deep hurt, emotional pain. And the only way that emotion really runs its course is when it's expressed, you know, in a healthy way, sometimes an unhealthy way. But, yeah. but you know, we're designed to emote and express. That's what like the book of Lamentations, you know, shows us that the book of Psalms, humans are emotional beings. Jesus wept. So I think the beginning of being able to soften your heart towards someone is to recognize your brokenness and how hurt you are and process that, you know, say it out loud, see a therapist, cry, physically cry. And then, you know, like, like if a person, if a person really wants to forgive someone, but they can't, yeah. then I would introduce them to, to Jesus and say, you need to pursue him and understand who he is and what, what he, what he represents in the world and to humans. Because, um, when you, when you fall in love with Jesus, when you understand his humility and, the death he paid and all that and what he's forgiven us for, then it changes your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So it's rare for someone, right? Romans talks about forgiving people who, who uh, have done very little wrong, let alone doing something horribly wrong. Um, and Jesus forgives us yeah. and he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. And we've done everything wrong. And uh, so, so I, that, is a, that is a vantage point. That is a biblical perspective that comes through the Spirit's work in our life. Okay. One of, actually, one of the arguments that, oh, who is that atheist? He wrote like letters to America or whatever. He's a really popular atheist. He said that one of the strongest arguments for Christianity and for faith and, and the nature of, of the Christian life to be real is that it actually has the power to do something inside of you that nothing else can do, which is make the human heart forgive. Wow. So it's, he, he said it's one of the strongest arguments for the existence of God because nobody can... Just suddenly, if you're bitter, angry, you've been mistreated, how could you get a soft heart? Yeah, for it's sure. supernatural. So um, now if it's a Christian that loves God, knows they've been forgiven, but they're having a hard time with, you know, forgiving the person in the sense that maybe their heart is free and they're not bitter, angry or whatever. And they're like, I I'm over it, but I can't, I don't want to be around that person. I don't want to talk. And they can't treat that person. Well, Yeah, I would wrestle through 
that a little bit with them. You know, can you get to the point where you treat them as if they've done nothing wrong? Yeah. Um, but part of forgiveness too is like, you know, you forgive somebody at a heart level, that's supernatural, but to, to, it's not the same thing as reconciliation. Yeah. And reconciliation takes two people, right? Yep. So, you know, if we're going to reconcile, I can come to you and say, I forgive you, but I want to move forward with this, our, our relationship reoriented so that, you know, I can gain some trust back from you because when you, when someone hurts you, they've lost your trust. Yep. So, you know, they say trust is, you know, it, it's gained in drops, but it's lost in buckets. So like you can have a whole bucket full of trust and then in one moment it's all gone and to get it back, it's drip, 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 drip. It takes time, right? Yep. For the trust to build back up. And so, you know, I think that that makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because you're protecting yourself, right? Yeah. And and you don't want to be hurt again. And you're not. You don't necessarily just because that person has some wayward thing. You don't. You you don't necessarily have to put yourself in the line of fire of their exploits or whatever it is that causes you pain. Yeah, for sure. You're supposed to forgive them and work on reconciliation. And if they can't re-earn your trust, then you can have total peace at a heart level. But basically, uh, if the person doesn't want to restore the relationship, then it's, it yeah, can't it's be restored. And then if they impose that the relationship is going to continue forward without them changing, then you are absolutely in the space to say, that's not, that's not what I believe relationships are supposed to be. And that's yeah. not what I want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. That's my, uh, that's your... forgiveness is, is, is huge. Yeah. It's a big part. Well, I'm going to assign some homework this week. Okay. So everyone do it. Grab your phones, create a reminder. Think of one relationship that you have that needs a little bit of forgiveness and work towards forgiving them and then uh, reach out to them and have a meaningful conversation. Yeah. I think it would be beneficial. Or let me add to that or talk to someone you trust. Yeah. You know, about, you, you know, what you've realized you need to forgive them and talk to someone and say, I, how can I do this and how can I go about this? Yeah, that's good. Sometimes people were angry at people and we don't even, we don't even, um, what was I going to say? Sometimes we're angry with people and we're not um, quite sure how to broach the topic. Oh, yeah. So we can talk to our spouse or a friend and say, I'm angry with them. And sometimes, and I'll say this too, sometimes when you're angry at somebody, you may be like moving forward in a great relationship and the person may have, you know, gained your trust back and, but there's a, there's a spiritual, like you're yeah, just frustrated something. or something. And so before just stirring it up with them again, as a, um, as a, just to tell them you, you're still upset. <clears throat> I would, I would wrestle with that. Yeah. That's not necessarily expedient because, if you, you know, 
you might then say like, I'm really struggling for, to forgive you. But if you're acting as if you have, it might just be something you need to go in prayer about or talk to someone about it and work through yeah, that. Okay. If there's something that that person could do that would help, then maybe you go to them and say, you know, I've forgiven you for the most part. I really do trust you. You've earned my trust back, whatever. But, you know, every now and again, this happens and it really is a struggle for me. And could you be conscientious of this? And yeah, maybe we could just have a discussion about this. I don't know. But like, be careful. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, sometimes we're just bitter. And, and, and sometimes that bitterness, if you're really angry with somebody and you're having trouble forgiving them, before you just go to that person and tell them that and, and, and look around and see if there's more of that in your life. Okay. Because certainly people will, will wrong us and that needs to be dealt with. But sometimes we have vulnerabilities, sensitivities, insecurities, and we kind of are angry at the world or we're angry at 12 people for something different. And that may be a personal problem more than just yeah. a, you know, a genuine need to fix a relationship. Yeah. So, well, that's kind of what I was um, getting towards is yeah. like sometimes something unknowingly happens and yeah. you have a hard time with it. Yes. So, to approach someone and say, hey, look, I was in the wrong. I took this this way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on yeah. growth and development and sure. So I just want to apologize about Yeah, that's good. Thing. Yeah, go and ask someone for forgiveness. Yeah. When you've done something wrong, that's good. All righty. We will see you all next week to discuss part four of Humble Beginnings, Middles, and Ends on The Rest.